The Poe Politicking Show is brought to you by Audible. With over 180,000 titles to choose from, Audible is great for any continuous learner wanting to grow and expand their knowledge and insight. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash P-O-Audio and get an audiobook of your choice free with a 30-day trial. After the trial, your paid membership will begin at $14.95 per month. With your membership, you will receive one credit every month, good for an audiobook on Audible. Cancel before your trial ends and you will not be charged. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash P-O-Audio and download a free book by Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Napoleon Hill, Les Brown, Damon John, and more. Always remember that knowledge is power. Popolitikin.com. What's up? This is Karina Karina. I am from Brooklyn, New York, and you are listening to Popolitikin. Another night, another letdown. Wanna cry, but I'm too proud. Can't bring myself to call you out, so I hold it in for now. Can't show you that it matters whether or not you're there. Shit would look pretty different if you actually cared. I've done so many shows, wondering if you would appear. Hoping I have enough drink tickets to wash it out in with beer. Rhymer stages every night, then there's this internal fight. I shouldn't give a fuck. I'm getting enough love from strangers and my fan base is growing every day. Don't wanna let those who want that to overshadow a new face. And my pride is always compromised. I handle it with grace. Cause you have no idea. I'm keeping it that way. Thank God for this pen and paper and the attention of strangers. But without some kind of outlet, I know that I'd be in danger of losing my shit. Behind the pop screen, tears in my eyes, I sweat, I bleed. 
Welcome back to PolPolitikin.com, your home for self-help meets hip-hop. Make sure you download our app on iTunes. That's PolPolitikin.com. I'm now politicking with Karina. Karina, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. You kind of was that one song, Maria Maria. That's why when you say Karina, Karina, kind of. Um, you're, you're not the first person to say that. So how did I, why did you? I've go, had many drunk people sing that song to me. So why did you go? Why you go by Karina Karina? I was actually named after a song called Karina Karina. My hmm. my birth name is Karina. Uh, I added the second one because there are a few other singers uh, from back in the day with that name, and also it's kind of a, a nod to people like Debbie Deb and Lisa Lisa. From when I was oh. you know, right. much younger, so there's a couple of reasons. All right, so where's your hometown? I am from Berkeley slash Oakland, California, Bay Area kid, okay. third generation Bay Area kid. So how was it growing up there? Um, it's a it's really diverse. It's a huge melting pot, not just not just racially, but also um, also nationality wise. There there's a UC Berkeley university in my hometown so i grew up with a lot of kids from other countries even and that was really cool i kind of grew up in what we call the bay area bubble like i never met a republican till i was an adult that i know of and you know we we grew up thinking that everybody was as open-minded as we were hmm. which was nice <laughs> but also kind of a shock when i moved to the east coast for the first time so where are you at now i'm in new york but i lived in boston when i was younger and that was that was tough. All right. So how long are you? How long have you been involved with music? Forever. I, I was born knowing that I wanted to be a singer. It took me a really long time to figure out exactly how to do that and how I wanted to do it. But I've, I've always sang. So you, I would think you was a rapper. So were you doing both or? Everybody thinks I'm a rapper. <laughs> I, I, I am a singer who raps. Okay. I don't necessarily call myself a rapper. I, I grew up in the hip hop scene in the Bay, which was which was really big in the late '90s when I was when I was a teenager, and I've just always always loved hip hop and gravitated toward it, and have written for a lot of blogs and you know the DJs and producers I work with are, but I, I always called myself a singer trapped in a, a rapper trapped in a singer's body because I might as well be a rapper. I just sing better <laughs> than I rap. All right, now who are some of your musical influences? Well, so it's kind of twofold because I, I grew up on blues and soul music. And so I grew up, you know, in my dad's house listening to like B.B. King, Ray Charles and stuff like that. And then when I was younger, I was really into Madonna and Janet Jackson and Mariah Carey and all those like pop divas. But also hip hop. I grew up with Nas and the Lost Boys and Wu-Tang and all those East Coast dudes that I got a lot of. I got a lot of flack for growing up on the West Coast, but I always was kind of more of an East Coast hip-hop head. So, I would say, like, pop, blues, and hip-hop are my, my genres. Okay, so, because I actually um, hear, like, a blues vibe in your music, so you do that on purpose. Well, not necessarily on purpose. It's just a part of who I am. Mm -hmm. It's the first music I ever sang. My dad was a blues guitar player, is still, and I grew up playing really heavy depressing blues songs with him when i was a child and didn't even know what i was singing about so it's just naturally embedded in me so what did you say makes you unique as an artist and kind of separates you from everyone else uh definitely my influence i think that 
having that like rootsy blues influence is big. I think the fact that I am a singer who listens mostly to hip hop, I think I'm more lyrically driven in a lot of ways. And I write music like I'm writing a rap song. And I don't know, I'm just kind of a strange, strange person in general. So that translates into my music for sure. All right. So speaking of strange person, let us know some things about you. Give us some interesting facts the average fan might not know about you. Um, Yeah, well, most of these, I'm a pretty transparent person. So most people who know me know these things. But I think people are surprised I think some people think I have sort of a party girl type persona because I was a bartender for so long and I, I say a lot about alcohol and that sort of thing. But I also do yoga almost every day and I'm a vegetarian and I was raised in like a total hippie compost pile in the backyard kind of kind of vibe. So I think people are surprised that those two things go hand in hand. But for me, they always have yeah, the yin and yang, um, right? For sure. And also, <laughs> there's a reason why I didn't, like, burn myself out and kill myself being a heavy-drinking party animal who toured all the time. It was because I also took care of myself in the other ways. Um, what else? I listen to podcasts on spirituality and self-help almost every day. Okay. So, you actually... Young. Now you in my field. So, what do you... So, yeah. what are some of the... Uh, name some of what ones you like. Well, I listen to, like, sort of chakra cleansing stuff at night, but I usually fall asleep way before. Like, I'll put it on and, like, go to sleep to it in quotation marks, but I just fall asleep. Um, But I listen to stuff like uh, Lisa Nichols, Danielle Laporte, Gabrielle Bernstein, Lewis Howes, just people who are kind of, like, creative entrepreneurs, because as a musician, I'm also an entrepreneur, but I'm totally fascinated with our spirit-body connection and the habits that we form and and the way that we get in our our own way and all that kind of stuff. It's just, like, endlessly interesting to me. So how important, uh, what do you think about, like, the law of attraction and, like, positive thinking? I think it's everything. And I think we forget so quickly. I mean, I could write it down ten times a day and listen to it every day, and I continue to forget, and I continue to bring myself back to it. That's why... I, Meditation is important. I have a daily meditation practice and it's just like sitting there realizing that my brain is like straying and then coming back to it over and over again. And it, it, we know, I don't think we ever really achieve a hundred percent presence. At least most of us don't, but we can at least get in the habit of knowing when we're not present and wanting to be present so how do and you- when we're being negative versus positive and all that. I'm saying, how do you meditate? I do it differently sometimes, but normally, so my alarm goes off and I'll write in my journal for seven minutes and then I'll meditate for seven minutes. And you, sometimes it's more of a mindfulness meditation. Like I'll, I'll do like a chant or something, but usually it's just like coming back to my breath over and over again. Hmm. It kind of depends on how tired and out of it I am, (laughs) but I sit for seven minutes, no matter what. Yeah, when you was talking about uh, when you were saying being in the present, I was reading a book that was saying like, let's say however you feel like your emotions. Like, say if you're feeling mad right then, you should like kind of check yourself and say it's called a pivot. So you could sh- check yourself and say, why am I feeling this way? What do I actually want? Then like shift your mind to what you actually want. Kinda I like, like that. You yeah. Well, I think we mislabel emotions sometimes. I had a, a voice teacher and mentor of mine said a long time ago, I would. I used to deal with really bad stage fright and I would just have so much anxiety 
And she pointed out to me, she was like, well, maybe it's not anxiety. Maybe sometimes you're excited and you're, you're mislabeling yeah, it butterflies. As, as fear and anxiety. And that the same could be true for anything. Anything uh, I feel nervous about, it just means I care. And yeah. maybe I can give myself permission to feel excited rather than, uh, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this to myself. Why am I doing this? And instead be like, I can't wait for this to happen. This is great. Yeah, that's why I think it's uh, very important, like the power of your words. You got to kind of, because people label themselves. They're like you said, you be like, I got anxiety. Yeah, you got anxiety because you're sitting there saying you got anxiety. <laughs> so yeah. people, people label themselves and they, they, they give themselves like all this stuff. And sometimes it's just like, like you just don't feel as high as you feel the other day. That doesn't mean you're depressed. You know what I'm saying? But people quick say, oh, I'm depressed. Right, right. So but I, I also think that kind of action takes energy and it takes action and it's hard and it's easier to be complacent and I think that that's a problem with a lot of people where it's just like meh I don't feel good meh 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 because it actually takes like reconditioning your brain and your habits to be like to sort of go underneath that and dig deeper and and try to try to change something and some days we have more energy than others you know what I'm saying like some days I'm tired and I'm just in a funky mood and I just got to ride it out but um, but then allowing yourself to be in a crappy mood sometimes I think is important too. We can't always just like right. We can't yeah. always change yeah. everything. Yeah, it's like yeah. So what are your current projects? What are you working on right now? And what are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking a crazy herbal tea concoction. It has dandelion root and a bunch of other things in it, and it looks so weird. I'm I sorry know, that no, you saw weird. that. <laughs> It's good. I, I just started getting into herbs because um, this is one of like my personal projects, I guess, which which obviously translate into my professional life is that from all the touring I had done for so long and and just having workaholic tendencies, I've like really burnt myself out. And for the past year or so, I've just been exhausted and I'm just trying to take better care of myself. And that includes drinking really strange looking drinks. And what, um, el- what else are you doing? Just trying to increase the protein in my diet, increase the dark leafy greens. I took Facebook off my phone. I'm trying to sort of eliminate the the unnecessary clutter. Trying to look at my phone less, which some days I'm more successful than others. And trying to sleep better. Just simplifying things. I think I wake up every day and my first and in, first in main intention is just how can I not be stressed out today? How can, and not necessarily taking the easy route, but I think, I think stress is created by resistance from something I may not want to do. So kind of having a a stronger connection with my intuition and what I actually do want to do. And if something's stressing me out and feeling wrong, then maybe I should see if maybe I don't want to do it. Right. So, yeah, um, sort of readjusting some of my lifestyle stuff has taken a lot of time and energy, but it's necessary. And, um... My third album, Hangover Music, which I've been talking about forever and I've been performing the songs for a while, is finally being mastered now. I just listened to the first pass of it last night, which was exciting. I was like, I sound so good. And um, I'm not sure what's going to happen with that yet. My manager and I are definitely going to be shopping it to labels and trying to get some placements and stuff. And then maybe when things sort of slow down in my work life, I can focus more on deciding how to release it. I think it's one thing I have to sort of going back to that intuition and spirituality thing. I I think I have to sort of figure out what's right because I've worked on this album for so long and it's so important to me and I don't want to just like throw it up on Bandcamp and pray that people hear it. (laughs) 
I did that for my first two albums, and it's pretty devastating. And I also feel like I've just, you know, I'm past doing that. So well, I have to figure out I'm, the I'm right say, way to actually, do it. Actually, uh, it's funny you say that because, uh, you know, I just follow a lot of, like, music people on social media. And one guy was saying, like, you spend all this money making the music, but then people fail to put the money into the promo. So do you think that's an important part of it, too? Hell yeah. Um, yeah, and it's so tragic that that people... You know, we sacrifice a lot as artists to put money into a project and make it right. I mean, so much. I, I lived on my dad's couch for a year to pay for this album. And I'm not just going to throw it out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, it, and it's part of making it to the finish line. Like, if you're going to be that thorough and intentional about every step of the process, it's not done when the album's done. That Then the hard part really starts. You know what I'm saying? Like... The fun part is is being in the studio with my producer and writing the music and creating it and then going on the road and sharing it. It's not really fun getting it mastered and figuring out the artwork and the technical things and putting more and more money into it and then hoping people will listen to it. But, like, that's the, po- that's the point. You know what I'm saying? Like, I did what I... I did the part of the process that was for me, which was exercising all these feelings I have and creating something beautiful, and I'm already fulfilled by it. But now... I want to share it with people. I want it. I want the project itself to have a chance to be heard, and I want people to have a chance to hear it. So yes, but promo takes a lot of money, and it's also you have to find the right people, just like you have to find the right engineer and producer. Like I've had, I've done promo campaigns before with people who did not do a very good job. Yeah, and it felt I was like gonna say that's it, the thing too. You pay all this money and get burned and all that stuff too. Oh my god, it's so bad because. There's no guarantee, you know, like promo is expensive. It's crazy expensive and there's no guarantee. It's not, it's not like hiring an engineer who's like, okay, you pay such and such amount of music and I'll record it for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'll send out a bunch of emails for you, but I don't know if it'll get picked up. (laughs) Sorry. And, you know, I've had people who, who write press releases where they spell my name wrong or they say I'm from somewhere that I'm not from. And I'm like, I can do this myself if you're not going to like be thorough enough to fact check the basics. Like I'm not from LA. <laughs> My name has one R and one N. You know what I'm saying? So that that turns me off a lot. So I think I definitely have to find the right people to get behind it. All right. And where do you see your career five years from now? Oh man. I should know the answer to that more easily than I do. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> gotta have that folk that clarity, okay. right? Well, no, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's easier said than done because like, like we said, the law of attraction, I've been really trying to get more and more clear about my music career and where I want it to be. But, um, for one thing, I will not have to have a job aside from music. That's always been the goal. I would like to be in a place where I am making a a very comfortable, healthy living from my music and writing. I write, I write blogs and stuff too. And I really like doing that. And, um, you know, all the same stuff I, I love doing, but except, you know, doing it in a, in a healthier, more fruitful way. So touring, recording, traveling. I want to do more speaking engagements just about, like, self-help and self-esteem and recovery and that sort of thing, too, and sort of tie that into my public persona, which has been kind of something I've been doing for the past year, but I want to continue with that. Hmm. And I'd like to do, like, a full-on blues album at some point. So what do you write about? I write about depression. I, I 
I think uh, that's become more clear. I, I've dealt with chronic depression for my whole life, so I feel like my songs are about my depression or about overcoming my depression or about helping other people with their depression. I think that that's like a common underlying theme. And that doesn't mean that all my music's depressing, but it's all... When I have those moments of, of joy, I really, really celebrate them because they're they're hard-earned. So my few and far between sort of happy, joyful songs are like really happy and joyful. But my music through and through is honest. I don't, I, I don't think I've ever lied in a song. They're all inspired by real life events. Hmm. And what, what, why, why do you want to keep that authenticity in your music? So nobody writes songs for you? How does that work? You write no, all your nobody, own songs? I write all my own songs. Um, so I, how, love, I guess how would that work if you end up like somebody wanting to write a song for you? Like they'll have to get to know you or something or it has to fit how you feel? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've done covers and stuff, but like I choose the covers that I want to do based on what speaks to me. I'm not against collaborating by writing a song with someone, but I don't need someone to write a song for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love I love writing songs as much as I love singing and for for me the two go hand in hand and I wouldn't want to give one of them up. I mean, if I got some huge deal and I'm in the studio working with a bunch of producers and there are people who want to like partner up with me writing songs, of course. But I'm not going to sit in a studio and have people play me 10 demos and be yeah, like, "Yeah, that's what I was saying. What if they just give you say, "Hey, this is your song, sing it." I also don't think I don't think that I'm that the kind of artist that anybody would do that mm. with me. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not, but I feel like that's more younger artists and maybe more pop leaning. I feel like a big part of my appeal and my whole package as an artist is that I'm also a songwriter. So I'm not too worried about that happening. All right. And what are some songwriting tips? What are some things you do? What are some things? Songwriting other tips. Yeah. Um, I think having a daily practice is important. Like even just like I have just a quick journaling practice in the morning, but I also am finding that forcing it is not really that productive. I think inspiration, we can't always control when inspiration comes to us. And I think if inspiration comes to you, like don't put it off. Don't be like, oh, I'll remember that line later. Like write, I mean, we have phones, write a note in your phone. Just today I had like a melody that came to mind and I recorded a quick voice memo. Like, don't lose it. Keep a log of that stuff and, you know, organize it. I think the discipline, if, you, if you're like, okay, for an hour today I'm going to write and nothing's coming, that's when you can sort of arrange things. But when ideas come to you, take them. And be honest. Be ruthlessly honest. And, you know, I've had a lot of songs where I was afraid to put them out there. I'm afraid to share with my producer because we're friends and we have a lot of people in common and he knows my ex and all this stuff. And, like, oh, God, what's Willie going to think? But, like, the best songs come from just putting it out there and just not caring. And how would you define success? Success is, um, well, going back to the whole stress thing, I think it's, it's how, how it feels in your soul and your spirit and your body. I think success is if, if I think that me at 10 years old would have been proud of what I'm doing now, if, if I could impress the young, my younger self and my older self, and my higher self. Hmm. I think that's success. That's super like hippy dippy sounding. No, that's cool. I never even. Does it make sense? Yeah, it makes sense, but that's a good way to put it. But nobody ever. Because I ask questions like that all the time. Nobody ever yeah, put it yeah. that way. That's cool. I like that. 
Yeah, there's, I mean, there's been moments in my life where I've been like, oh my God, 12-year-old Karina would be so impressed right now. And like, how cool is that? Who would I want to impress more than 12-year-old Karina? Like, I don't know, like, because my wife always, she's like, you had like a kid. Like, I, I do stuff just like a little kid still. <laughs> so to me, I'm like still like a child. Lucky I have you. A child, like, Lucky you. Yeah. I think, I think I'm, I'm so... You know, I'm a Virgo. I'm so like on top of things and checklists and all that stuff, which makes me very productive and and good at what I do. But but I think sometimes I I lose that like child childlike sense of of fun and wonder and joy. And I think people who naturally have it, I think that's awesome. Yeah, I do. I'm gonna embarrass myself. That's great. I'm not gonna embarrass that's myself, great. so I'm just gonna be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So how do you do? You think uh, social media is important? Unfortunately, it, it seems to be important to everyone else, so it's going to have to be important to me. Um, <laughs> sorry. I, I, I am a little more old school than that. I don't, you know, I always say, like, if I wasn't, you know, a public persona, I wouldn't even bother with any of this stuff, but it is important. It's the, it's the world we live in. I think it's important for getting information out and that's what people pay attention to so i'll pl- i'll play along yeah i think if I, if I like you said if i wasn't doing what i was doing i don't think i would be on social media either like i don't like it like that i think now it's kind of like i think it's gonna get to the point where you're really just on the camera 24 hours a day and people are like just watching you 24 hours a day because that's what it's, it's doing like, people don't understand it's where it's going because <laughs> snapchat is crazy like i see people where i saw this dude in the car the other day like he's not even you're not even enjoying yourself no more it's like everywhere you're at you're like okay stop like, and you know, hanging—it's <laughs> one thing like seeing that online, but hanging out with people yeah, like that, that is—it looks crazy, and it's like so distracting and so unsatisfying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm trying, I'm—I'm I'm very much a like, you know, I love nothing more than going and having a glass of wine or dinner with somebody and just like talking to them for like right. three hours. Like, like we're here, we're in it, we're talking about everything, and. That's my favorite thing in the world, and the complete opposite. There's nothing more opposite of that than somebody who's just on their phone the whole time, yeah. or going like this with their phone. And like, I didn't tell you it was cool to film me. Like, maybe <laughs> I'm having a bad hair day. I I don't want to be on your Snapchat or whatever. Yeah. That's and so, like, can you think, put your phone away for half an hour for t- to talk to me? So I think that's the thing we were saying. So it's kind of like, okay, instead of being in the moment and being in the present you're worried about basically like imaginary world and people that you don't know if they're going to watch it or not. It's just an imaginary world instead of you being in your moment right then with that person. So, yeah. yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm guilty of it sometimes too. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I think, I think social media has made us all complete ADD and (laughs) I, I tend to have that too. And like putting my phone away is a discipline sometimes. And maybe I sound old or whatever, but like, I, it's just not satisfying to me. You know, I use it I use it for a purpose. I use it to promote my music. I use it to keep in touch with old friends. But that's it. That's where it stops. I've never been on... I've been on Snapchat for like a day once. And I was like, oh my God, I can't. And, <laughs> you know, Instagram, I try not to scroll through it mindlessly because it usually just makes me feel crappy because I see people having fun without me or whatever. And it just doesn't feel good. And, you know, Twitter... And Facebook, I go on there and I lose interest because everybody's talking about the same stuff or people are talking about things I don't care about. Right. I'd rather just talk to humans, you know? So you've been you've been talking about a lot of stuff throughout the interview, but I want you to share a life hack that you use in your life. Ooh. Uh, to-do lists. 
Oh, yeah, I, I do am those. Okay. all about to-do lists. And another thing that's been working really well that I started at the beginning of 2017 is I have a, a group of women, creative women, that we have a, a weekly goals check-in. Oh, so a mastermind you group. Know. Yeah, yeah, we're kind of like, here are my goals for this week, quick check-in, and here are my goals for last week and how I did, and not everybody checks in every week, but I do, (laughs) because I'm like, Sunday night, I review, if there's anything I didn't hit on my goals list, I try to do it on Sunday, and it's, um, it keeps me in line, whether, whether they even read what I wrote or not, like, it keeps me accountable, it's really important. What I do is uh, just to share what I do. Like, uh, yeah. so I do it on Fridays before I leave work. I make a list and I write down like for next week the stuff I have to do at work and the stuff I have to do in my personal life. So I write it on Friday for the next week. And then, like I That's said, I, like, I do the same thing, like match up, make sure I do everything. But mm-hmm. then I have that weekly goal. But still, when I come in every day, I still have my daily to-do list. So, yeah, I like those lists, yeah. though. Like I said, even if, sometimes even if you like, I like like how I do it Friday. It's like by Monday, even if I don't really look at the list, I'm already kind of like programmed because I wrote it down. That's really good. Yeah. I'm, I might use that. I try to do that before I go to sleep also just uh-huh. so that I can sleep peacefully. It's just like I know what I have to do tomorrow. Done. I'll wake up. I'll look at the list again tomorrow and I'll, and I'll hit it. So that's helpful too. I think, I think having a nighttime and a morning routine are important. My nighttime routine is not nearly as like pristine as my morning routine, <laughs> but I think waking up and doing my journaling and meditation every morning has really made a huge difference for me too. All right. And what advice what would you advice? give to any aspiring artist, somebody that wanted to kind of follow your path? I think knowing oneself is very important. I, I feel like I wasted a lot of time sort of not, I wouldn't say wasted time. I took a lot of time when I was younger trying to dress a certain way or sound a certain way or, or be a certain way because I wasn't entirely sure who I was and what I was about. And I think the more you can prioritize that, the faster you'll get to that place and, and you'll be better. You know, I sing better when I'm singing from, from my, from a place of where I actually authentically should be. I look better when I'm dressed the way that I feel most comfortable. So I think finding that sooner, the better, whether that's like through therapy or journaling or just Surrounding yourself with people who are authentic, who aren't trying to make you into something you're not, I think that's going to make all the difference. And ask people for advice. Ask people for advice. People love giving advice. It it builds a connection. And, like, none of us know what the hell we're doing. The only way anybody learns anything is asking someone else. And what would you like to say to all your fans, people who have been supporting your career so far? Thank you. Um... Thank you. My best work, uh, you haven't even heard it yet, and I'm really looking forward to sharing the next album with you, and then the next album after that will be better than this one. Alright. I want to say thank you for coming through politics with me. I really, uh, that's why I be trying to figure out, like, some artists don't really be talking about them, but you, you're a very deep person. Oh, I like you. I, I got, I got plenty to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, you want to tell me your social media and everything? Yeah, everything is uh, Get Karina Karina, and my name is spelled C-O-R-I-N-A, C-O-R-I-N-A. So that's uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And my website is Karina-Karina.com. Popolitikin.com Thanks for listening to Popolitikin.com, a self-help meets hip-hop brand. If you are an artist or business owner wanting to be featured on Popolitikin.com, Contact us at popolitikin at gmail.com. That's P-O-P-O-L-I-T.
I-C-K-I-N at gmail.com or text 760-717-5803. If you're a listener that enjoys the show and wants to support, you can donate to popolitikin.com via paypal.com. Please send donations to popolitikin at gmail.com. Any amount will be helpful in continuing to create quality content and shows. As always, check out popolitikin.com for past episodes. Make sure you subscribe to Popolitikin on iTunes, YouTube, Podomatic, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play.